this morning, I want to talk to you about something that's vital. I, I know you can listen, but please hear this, because the church is not going to go through the tribulation period. In the world, you will have tribulation, but we're not going through it, and this is not it. I know if you lived in Afghanistan today, you would think that when you watch 7th century goat herders taking over a country, but, but this is not it. It's not a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 24, they came to Jesus and they asked him three questions. When's the temple going to be destroyed? When shall these things be? What shall be the sign of your coming? And what is the end of the age? So three questions. And he answered them in between there and over in Luke chapter 19. But so that when you get to chapter 25 and you find the five wise and the five foolish virgins, the church is already in heaven. The bride is not there. The bridesmaids are there, but the bride is not there. You're not going to be here. Hallelujah. You're not going to be here. So, so, but I need to show you so that you know. I've taught it before, and it went right over people's heads. And so you need to hear this. You need to. First of all, when you go to Deuteronomy uh, 27 and 28, you'll see that they were on two mountains. And those two chapters go together. One, one group would speak the blessing, and the other one would speak the curse. And so they went back and forth like that. But what that did was the laws of physics, the laws of thermodynamics, the laws that hold the universe together, God cannot break any of them. So therefore, once that law was given, not only were the people bound by it, but he was. So when you read him say to David, I'm giving you three choices, he, he had no choice. Like, he, you know, he, you think because, because you understand that, that the Bible is progressive revelation. So you cannot get to know God in the Old Testament. You only get to know him through Christ the Son. And, and God is love. So whatever you see in the Old Testament, it wasn't his choice. It was, that's why when, they, when he went to the cross, I think the le second last thing that he said was, it is finished. Your way of salvation wasn't finished yet because he hadn't gone to hell. So what was finished? The law was done. And the temple veil rent from top to bottom. And he rushed out to hug the one that he had wanted to embrace all these years. It's like a water baptism. When, when Jesus was water baptized, the Lord said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Yeah. And when you got water baptized, it was the same thing. You were now sinless. Mm -hmm. This is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Yeah. That never changes because of the blood. Because of the blood. Now, they had to slap the blood on doorposts in the Old Testament. We drink it in in a covenant meal in the New Testament. But it's the same thing. You are sinless in the sight of God. Yeah. Why? Because he, God, made him to be sin who knew no sin, that you'd be made the righteousness of God in him. So you can't be an old sinner saved by grace. You're the righteousness of God. And when you get a hold of that, it changes everything. It's the game changer. So with that in mind, um, let's go. I need my glasses. I, I'm on so many meds that I can hardly see some of y'all right now. No, they got me. No, they got me stoned on, 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 on drugs to keep my heart healthy while it's healing. Amen. By the way, that brings me up to something else. <laughs> A little shaky too. Um, 
I've been watching the Southwest Believers Convention, and it's the 40th one. And I encourage you, these guys are seasoned veterans. They have been, they walk with a limp. What do you mean by that? Jacob became Israel after he wrestled with an angel all night, and then he walked with a limp for the rest of his life. I said, God, I don't trust people that don't have a limp. I don't trust people that haven't been through stuff. They can give you information, but they can't give you revelation. They can tell you things, but they can't impart it into your spirit. So anyway, I was watching Kenneth Copeland. He started talking about a pacemaker that he's got. Well, do you know how that set me free? No, no, because you think, you know, you think these guys don't ever have any problems. And so you're thinking, hmm, what's wrong with my faith? I had to go to a doctor to get healed. So he started talking about the pacemaker, and I said, glory to God. And then, then Jerry Seville comes on, and he talked about how, how he had a stroke and how he was, couldn't use his right or his left arm and how he got through all that. So, but but, but the, it's so rich in experience. I said, God, I owe my life to Jesus Christ, but my teaching my best teaching came from Kenneth Copeland and his posse, Creflo Dollar and Bill Winston and Jerry Seville and Jesse DePlante. Jesse's, Jesse's in a league all of his own. He's trying to buy outer space. Now he believes in acquisitions. Uh, no, no, they tried to loan him money to build his church in New Orleans. And he said, no, no, you're going to need me. And it ended up that they did. He filled their banks with money and now he's got some, <laughs> But it's not about the money. It's about, it's about no doubt with God. It's about knowing who you are in Him. So with that in mind, let's go to Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. This so helped me years ago. I taught it again a few weeks ago, but people just missed it. So you need to get this. Chapter 10 and verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I don't want you ignorant. We'll start with that. (laughs) We'll start with that. How our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And they were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they did all eat the same spiritual meat. And they did all drink the same spiritual drink. For the drink that they drank from the spiritual rock... And the rock that followed them was who? Was Christ. Okay. So with that in mind, let's go to Exodus chapter 17. See, we're supposed to be comforted. The the, the taking away of the church is supposed to bring us comfort. And I see so much fear out there. You know, vaccine, no vaccine. Your best vaccine is Psalm 91. You know, I'm not saying don't take the own. You do what brings brings you peace. Peace is your umpire. Peace is your guide. Peace is your powerful friend. So you do what you need to do. But um, start with Psalm 91. No plague will come near your dwelling. Okay, Exodus chapter 17. In verse 1, it says, In the congregation of Israel journeyed the wilderness of sin after their journeys, and they came to Raphidim. Now, Raphidim means place of refreshment, right? <laughs> But there was no water. All there was was hot rocks to sit on. So there's obviously something else going on in the spirit. Wherefore, the people did chide and complain with Moses, said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Go to Costco and buy a case. No, no. Buy some toilet paper while you're there. And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, 
Wherefore is that you would brought us up out of Egypt to kill us? Yeah, that's the will of God, sure. Bring you up here and kill you in the desert. All right, good, good stuff. So, and Moses cried unto the Lord and said, What shall I do to this people? They are all ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go before the people, take the elders of Israel and your rod that you parted the river with, and smite the rock. Behold, I'll stand before you upon the rock Horeb, and you shall smite the rock, and the water come out that you may drink. Now, the word for rock here is T-Z-A-R, and it means jagged boulder. It means something that's, that, that strength has been broken, okay? So th- but this is important because the next time he, he talks to the rock is over in Numbers chapter 20, verse 11. And by the way, Moses was never intended to take them into the promised land. Never. The law can't take you where faith goes. Moses, my servant, the law had to die. And, 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 and if you want to talk about that later, I can prove that to you as well. But I just don't want to get into it right now. What did I say? Numbers what? 20. So here we are. Here we are again. Uh, no water there, Kadesh, I think. And the people chose Moses and spoke. Now, this is like, this is 39 years later. Why have you brought this congregation up to kill us in the desert? We, I wish we had a state up out of Egypt, down in Egypt. And, uh, and in verse 7, it says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses and, and said, Take the rod and gather the assembly together, you and Aaron, your brother, and speak unto the... Speak, speak, not strike, speak unto the rock. Because now he's your heavenly high priest. Speak to the rock before their eyes and it shall give forth. Because we remember Corinthians chapter 10, 4, the spiritual rock was Christ. Matter of fact, in the cleft of the rock in Exodus 33, he hid him in the cleft of the rock, hid him in Christ. Any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Come on. So take the rod, gather assembly together, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it shall bring forth this water. And you shall, uh, you shall bring forth unto them water out of the rock, and you'll give the congregation and the beast to drink. But Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered together the congregation before the rock. And he said unto them, Here now, you rebels, will I fetch water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and the beasts also. But the Lord spoke unto Moses and said, Because you believe not me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, there shall not bring this congregation into the land that I've given to them. Now, this rock is a different word. It's the word sila, C-E-L-A, and it means lofty fortress. It's talking about the resurrected Christ. And so that's why you speak to the high priest. And, and you know, <laughs> how about First Thessalonians chapter 1? I can make a habit of sitting here. First <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Thessalonians chapter 1. Uh, how about just pick it up in verse 3. 
Remember without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God our Father. Knowing, brethren, beloved, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you by word only, but in power of the Holy Ghost, in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, in much affliction, but joy in the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. So that you, we were examples to all that before in Macedonia and Acacia, for from, from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia, but in, in Acacia, but also in every place your faith to God is spread abroad, so that we need not even speak of anything. For they themselves show, show us what manner of entering in we had in onto you, and how you turned to God from idols to the living God, and to wait and to wait, look at this, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which has delivered us from the wrath to come. Like, you can't get any plainer than that. How about chapter 5? But the seasons, verse 1, but, but the times and seasons, brethren, you, you have no need that I'll write you. For you know perfectly well that the day of the Lord comes like a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safe, safety, then sudden destruction shall come upon them. As travail of a woman and child, and they, sh they shall not escape. But you, brethren are not in the darkness that the day would overtake you like a thief. You are children of the light, Amen. children of the day. We're not in the night or in the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let's be sober and watch. For they that sleep in the night and they get drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of the hope of what? The hope of our salvation. Here we go again, verse nine. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us so that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Now, verse 11, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We're not to be sitting around wringing our hands over what's going on in the world. Like the church's finest hour is here upon us. No, no, this is like there's no cure for the world right now. The world has gone crazy, haven't you noticed? And it's getting worse and worse. And, and uh, But the church... In the middle of it all, God is raising up a church, a standard against the enemy. And if you think that what's going on, there, there's been evil people from the beginning of time. Yeah. But, you know, David wrote, David wrote in Psalm 2, Why doth the heathen rage imagine a vain thing? The Lord sits in the heavens and laughs. He has them in derision. And then in, in verse 3, chapter 3, in his own life, Absalom was out to kill him, and, and the whole army of Israel was out to kill him. And he said, he said, many say about me that there's no help for me in God, but I laid down and I slept. He slept when all the hell was going on. And then he said this, he's my glory. He's the lifter of my head. Hallelujah. Your best days. Come on, your best days. Just, but, but again, you got to know that you were not appointed to wrath. You got to know that when the heavens opened over Jesus and said, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. When you got water baptized, he said the same thing. You're now sinless in my sight. And every time you take communion, you remind yourself, hey, whew, 
this is cool. Yeah. And even when I mess it up, and I do, yeah. well, not very often. <laughs> well, okay, more often than you'd like to know. But, but I also know this. I know that, that, that I'm sinless in the sight of God. Now, do you have to remind yourself of those things? Absolutely. But here's another thing. You've got to remember that your blood type is B positive. You cannot get a born-again believer's blood type is B positive. You, need, you can't get, you know, get and stay out of the political realm. CNN is a political power. It's like, you know, they were with Biden seven months ago. Now they're against, like, you can't, you can't, you can't get your information. Don't. Just don't go to politics. Look at Jesus. Look at him as an example. He was in a Roman government that was oppressive to the Jews. Did you ever hear him voice out his, raise his voice against them? What did he do? He said, render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar and render unto God what belongs to God. Look, if you, why would he say that? Because he said, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives peace. And then he went on and say, I'll keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed upon me. And then he went to Hebrews 4.11 and said, the only labor that you need to be involved in is to enter into my rest, enter into my peace. How do I do that? Because the word of God is alive and powerful. Meditate the word of God. Don't meditate the media. Don't meditate the news. Shut it off. Just shut it off and watch God move. Amen. He wants to move in your life. Amen. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, whether we be awake or asleep, we should live unto him. Wherefore, comfort one yourselves together and edify one another. Don't come to me with some good bed. Like I get all these texts coming into me, you know, look at this before it gets taken off. Look at that before. No, I'm not looking at any of it, so keep it. I'm looking at the word of God. It's alive and powerful. The, new, the media's got nothing alive and powerful. Matter of fact, it'll change by this time tomorrow. So, you know. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. How about verse 13 of chapter 2? No, but the whole church is mad about something. There's no peace in that. There's no peace in that. He said three things will abide in your life. Three things. Just three. There's all kinds of things that will change, but three things that will never, never change. Faith and hope and love. And love is the greatest because faith and hope are the way to get there. You can't forgive anybody without faith. You can't go anywhere with hope. And, and, and so, but, but those three, if you want to study anything in your Bible, study those three. Faith, hope, and love. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith brings things into your life. Come on, things hoped for. You can hope for things. You can use your faith for things. Faith is substance to the things. You've got to have things on your plate. Like right now, we're looking at this church, and they've got it for sale, and we could buy it with no effort whatsoever. We really could. But is that what God wants us to do? Because it doesn't require any faith. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it's not. But I'm saying I need to be looking and making sure that I'm stretching myself and getting my faith activated for something. If it's not for this building, then something else in my own life. Hallelujah. Like another 20 years of preaching the gospel would really be great. 
hallelujah, you know, and preaching more. See your services every night. Like, I see it. I see it. Gary Butler's coming here on the 19th of, October, of November, of <laughs> September. And he said, tell the people to believe for a move of the Spirit. I said, well, yeah. I said, we're already talking it. So he's unusual. But I'm telling you, you get unusual ministry, too. It's going to be awesome. Anyway, where was I? First Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians. But we are bound to give thanks. What's a pastor's job right there? Look at that. But we're bound to complain because we don't like the way the church is going. No, no. It says, but we're bound to give thanks. Because when he sees you, when he sees you sinless, can you actually do that for somebody else? Can you overlook their shortcomings just like he overlooks yours? Come on, can you do that? <laughs> because there's such, you know, he said, he said, I'll, I'll, they'll know that you're my disciples by the way that you criticize one another. By the way that you lift yourself up in pride so that you can put some, but no, it doesn't say that. And that's, but that's another thing that's so obvious. Did you know that every decision brings division? It doesn't matter what choice you make. It's going to cause some people to be happy and some people to be sad. That's why you've got to be led by the Holy Ghost. You can't be trying to please people because it's impossible. Amen. So, verse 13, we're still trying to get there, aren't we? But we are bound to give thanks always for New Covenant Ministries Church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Brethren, beloved of the Lord. No, but write your name in there. I'm beloved by the Lord. Because God has from the beginning. How do, how do we know that? Because it's in F, F, Ephesians 3, or Ephesians 1, rather, in verse 4. Chosen you in him from before the foundation of the world. He already chose you. You've already been picked out. Hallelujah. Chosen from, from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Wherefore, look at this, whereunto he's called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know that the glory cycle's already been complete? Like, like you, he already, again, Hebrews 2.10, the captain of our salvation was made perfect through suffering that he could restore many sons Back to glory. What's the glory? The glory is his original intention for man before he sinned in the garden. To provide everything for you to, so that you wouldn't have to. The only labor you'd need to be is in enjoying the goodness of your God. That's why Adam started his week on the, on the second day, or on the seventh day, rather, the day of rest. Hallelujah. Come on now. No, no, there's, there's such peace and joy in, in just... Just being in that place with God, that you're, that you've got this friendship, this fellowship, this intimacy, and you realize that He is jealous over you, that He wants to spend more and more time with you. He wants to, and and He wants you to walk out your faith. So He said, "Whereunto you were called by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ." Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold to the traditions which are in our letter. 
Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which, look, come on, <laughs> which has loved us and given. You, you are loved yeah. by God, by the creator of the universe. Yeah. Is anything too hard for the Lord? He has loved us and given unto us everlasting, how long? Everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts and establish you into every good word and work. You know, God started loving Lucifer. Yeah, you never think about that. But then you, when you look at the temptation that he put, I think in Matthew chapter 4, he came and put on Jesus. He said, uh, Jesus had fasted for 40 days, and he came up and said, Jesus, you can turn the stones into bread. And Jesus wouldn't do it. Why? Because he never saw his father do it. He would only do what he saw. The temptation that came against him was the exact temptation that was brought on on uh, Adam, and Adam fell. So he he cured it all. He walked it out, and you can now 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 because he walked it out for you. You can live in it. The accusers of the brethren. Well, I just did First John one nine. Hmm. I just did it. He not only did he forgive my sin, but he cleansed me from all unrighteousness. I just did Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all your benefits. Forgive all my iniquities. Heal all my diseases. Deliver my life from destruction. Crown me with loving kindness and tender mercy. Satisfy my mouth with your word. My youth is, re my youth is renewed like the eagle. Hallelujah. 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 to make a tadpole slap a whale, wouldn't it? Come on. Hallelujah. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ himself, I got to read it again, and God, even our Father, which has loved us and given us an everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Who's going to do all that? Him. Hallelujah. What do I, get, what, what do I need to do? I, I just get to hang around. I get to hang around with the creator of the universe. I don't know what you're doing with your time, but I, I, I like my time. Romans 5. If he could stand here today and say one thing to you, he'd say, I love you. What do you get to say to me, Father? I love you. I love you. Hey, I just love you. You're my beloved. I rejoice over you with singing, Zephaniah says. I'm happy when you're in my house. Therefore, verse, uh, chapter 5 and verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we all have access by faith into this grace wherein we, re wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we glory, look at this. We glory in tribulation. How many, how many of you actually do that? <laughs> but you can, you can. Like things, sometimes it's like I was not able to shower for a month. 
Two weeks in the hospital and then two weeks at home because I had a big bandage on there and I wasn't allowed to get it wet. Now, I, I struggled with some things. You heard about the bathtub episode. But now, but before this event, I would shower on my way somewhere. And just, you know, I'm the fastest guy in the shower you ever saw. I'm waiting for Nancy afterwards for a half hour. But, well, not that long. But now, like now, <laughs> crank it, get it hot, stand it, let it run over you, man. Yeah. See, but we are so blessed in this country with the things that they try to distract us from. Yes. Hallelujah. So don't get distracted. He said, if you, can, if you can do what Paul said in Philippians 4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. If he could re rejoice in a prison cell, I can rejoice in my shower stall. Amen. Right? Amen. Amen. Tribulation. Yeah, I've had some of that. I was thinking, this thing started six or seven years ago. Just, just kept going downhill, downhill, downhill until finally 20% heartbeat. <laughs> I would go in my office, and, and if it got quiet, I'd fall asleep. And I think, oh, but now I go in the office, and it's only been, it'll be a month on Thursday, and it's like, mm, it's good stuff, hallelujah. But again, that's, but again, that's what he does. That's what he does. If you've been going through something for a long time, get ready. Hallelujah, get ready. The turnaround is here. The turnaround. He's going to restore everything that the devil stole from you. He promised it. You know, you think what, what COVID did is a big deal? What God's about to do is a much bigger deal than that. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's why you don't get discouraged. That's why he kept saying, don't be discouraged. Matter of fact, he told Joshua that over and over again. Moses, my servant, is dead. The funeral's over. Now get going. But here's the deal about Moses. And it, it, Moses did make it into the promised land in Matthew chapter 17 on the Mount of Transfiguration. After six days, Moses and Elijah appeared unto Jesus to tell him about his ministry. Moses represented the righteous dead, and Elijah represented we that are alive and remain. But they were there. There were also the, the two witnesses that you see at the bride's wedding, right? So it's cool stuff. Cool stuff. Moses, my, but he would say to th this to you, Moses, my servant, the law is over with now. Now you arise and go over this Jordan in every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon. I have already given it unto you. Whatever you can believe me for, you can have. If you'll ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Well, what an open until well, I'm afraid. No, no. He said it's exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. The problem is we're not thinking. Or maybe we're thinking and not drinking. I don't know. You mean thirsty? Let them come on to me and drink. But no, you 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 don't realize your potential. You don't realize what God wants to do in your life. 
Psalm 102 and verse 13, he said, the set time of my favor is upon you. I came to feature you. I came to promote you. I, I want you, now that in the world there's a darkness and a gross darkness upon the people, but my glory shall be seen upon you. I want to raise you up so that the world can say, well, the world's in a mess, but look what they're, look, look, look at the church right now. Look at the church thriving in the midst of all of this adversity. And so you got to get that in your heart. There's, there's no limit. The only limit that you have is on is something that you put on yourself. No, begin, get your dream out of the closet. Begin to dream again. Come on. Begin to dream again. Hallelujah. As long as you, if you stop dreaming, you start dying. Keep dreaming. Get a new dream. He'll give you one. Hallelujah. He said, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, we glory in the tribulation. Why? Because the tribulation is work in patience, and patience is work in experience, and experience hope, and hope does, does not make a shame to her. Hope does not disappoint, because Bible hope is L-P-C-E-L-I-P-S, and it means eager anticipation. It doesn't mean, well, I hope so. No, it's like, eh. Why would that happen? Because the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given. You've got the Holy Ghost. You've got the love of God in your heart right now. You just need to learn how to release it. Verse 6, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for me when I was ungodly. I was three months behind on my rent and on drugs. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure a good man, some would even dare die. But God commanded, commanded his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Your worst day, the worst day that you had, he died for you. The worst day that you ever had, he died for you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, but look then. The, the, yeah, yeah, but then look at verse nine. Look at verse nine. Much more then. Hey, he loved you then, and now, now he loves you much more. Much more. Why? Because I've been justified by his blood. I'm in the blood. They pleaded the blood in Exodus chapter twelve, and the death angel had to pass over their house. Hallelujah! Had to pass over. But now my Bible tells me in Romans chapter three that I'm living in the blood. That the, that the blood of Jesus turned into the law of faith in Romans 3.27, a law called the law of faith, faith in his blood. Faith, faith in his blood means I believe that what he did for me was more than enough. I believe that I don't have to earn anything. His blood was more than enough to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I don't see myself wrong anymore. I see myself right in God. Hallelujah. Even when I'm wrong, I'm right with him. I have right standing with God, my Father, through, not, not through my own strength, but through my Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And everything we're talking about is be strong in the Lord. He never said be strong in yourself. He said be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hallelujah. Much more than being justified by his blood. Here we go again. We shall be saved from, from what? From the wrath of through him. You're not going through the tribulation period. 
Will you have tribulation? Yeah. But you're not going through it. Matter of fact, you're going to overcome it because you've got this hope that you know there's a... There's, no, we have a hope. Come on, Jeremiah 29, 11. We have a hope and a future, and we know how it all turns out. We win. A great finish. We win. Like, act like a winner. I, I watch football sometimes. I'll be watching it next month. And it doesn't matter what happens in the first half. It's what happens in the second half. So have a good second half. Have a great second half knowing that you win. How do, how do I know I'm going to win? Because he's going to let you play till you do. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.